LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. And today I am solo, uh, all by my onesie, except I'm not really, because I have Judd Wilhite here with me. Uh, and he, we've just figured out that he has been on back in the day. He's OG. You're OG staff. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you're back when, when Barnabas and I were together. He's, he's a senior pastor of uh, Central Church out in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, he he's written several books. Uncaged was the last one. Um, but one of the things I think is really interesting is uh, a study Bible that you did for new believers, which I, I kind of want to talk about that at some point. It's Uncensored Truth Bible. Um, and then, you know, radio, you do some stuff there. Um, you have a bulldog, which I don't understand, uh, but <laughs> as well. So tell yeah. us a little bit about, awesome. uh, a little bit more about you and, and your, your family, maybe a little bit more about that, um, that Bible. Yeah. So we're, uh, so I'm, you know, we've been out in Las Vegas at, at central church now for, uh, 16 years. Um, just wrapping up my 16th year. Uh, it's been an amazing, you know, experience, a great run, um, raised my kids here. My daughter just graduated high school, headed off to college and, you know, proud of her. And then I've got a, a son that's, uh, he's, um, a freshman in uh, high school, going to be a, a sophomore. So yeah, life is uh, moving fast. And then our bulldog is 12 years old, which in oh. bulldog, you know, bull, bulldogs are like eight to 10 year life expectancy. Yeah. So she's a mess. She's a mess, man. She wears a diaper. She has no control of her bowels. Uh, you know, she uh, it's just unbelievable, man. I mean, she's got dementia. We're convinced she has dementia. Like we'll let her out one door to go to the bathroom and then she'll with that door open, she'll stand at the, the way our backyard is. There's kind of like two doors. She'll stand at the other door 20 feet from you and not and just stand there forever and not be able to hear or dial into the fact that you just went out this door. You need to just come back in the door you went out. So it's, uh, it's definitely tested uh, the limits of our love. <laughs> I'll say that. I'm, I'm sure there's some, some valuable leadership lessons in there that you could draw out of that for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right good deal. Well, um, I'll uh, go ahead and get started. Now, we did talk about this that, you know, you have technically at least answered because you are OG. So you've answered three out of the five questions because we changed questions along the way. But it's been so long ago uh, that, you know, you, you've answered three of the five. But uh, you never can step into the same stream twice. So I'm yeah, sure. That's right. I'm sure that um, there's a lot of leadership that has passed along the way, and that uh, you will answer questions quite differently. And in fact, uh, in the show notes, I will figure out where in time uh, that first that first episode was, and people can listen to both if they choose to do so. All right, so let's get into that's it. Scary. <laughs> Very scary. Scary for me too. Um, I take no responsibility for how much I contradict what I said in the other. You know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Hey, there was a significant point in time where I had uh, it was pre and post back surgery, so who knows uh, what I was saying 
and, and slurring during that time. All right, let's get into our first question, which is who are you currently learning from? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in some ways, the person that has been most influential for me in this season, both personally and with the ministry, is um, a guy named Tom Patterson. Uh, Tom Patterson's pretty well known for developing the life planning process yeah. and uh, wrote, yeah. a book, wrote a book called uh, Living the Life You Were Meant to Live. And uh, that book's meant a lot to me in this season. But what I think has been so unique for me, I, I met Tom Patterson six, 15 years ago, my first year at Central. He actually, he, he doesn't do this anymore, but at the time he came personally and led our board and our uh, leadership through a strategic planning process. So I've been familiar with that strategic planning process. But my wife and I just felt like, you know, things are going great. You know, we're, we're in a good spot. I've got a kid graduating. It feels like, you know, we not that we fully are closing a chapter, but that, you know, we're, we're sort of at the end, coming to the end of a run and what's the next run look like. And so we did a, like a 10 year uh, window life planning process as a couple uh, over three days that followed a lot of his material. And then I've also taken our church through that. We've redone our church strategy and a lot of things around that. So I feel like kind of in both of those things, uh, that strategic planning process and the tool that it provides has probably been the most influential thing in my life in the last season. You know, I think one of the things that is interesting, um, you know, our, our theologian friends, uh, I, yes, I did go to seminary and have my Greek and Hebrew, but, um, I always tended to lean toward business books and, uh, and things like that, both during and after seminary. But Tom Patterson, guys, if you do not know who this guy is, you need to, because a lot of the guys that you would look to, um, even in the church consulting space, if you, you know, if, if you follow any of those guys or recognize any of those guys, it's back to the sources here. Um, he was, is, uh, still has an amazing legacy uh, today. So I would really encourage people to go back and look at that resource uh, for sure. And we'll include that in the, in the show notes as well. Well, and I'll tell you for me, um, a friend of mine, you may know him, Doug Slabaugh, uh, facilitated yeah. our like personal strategic planning process. And they have facilitators all around the country who do this. And, and there are other processes now that have spun off of it that are similar. But the powerful thing was to just sit down and to sit down when things were good. Most people come to a life plan kind of process when things are falling apart. You know, your life's in crisis. You don't know. Man, we came and we're like, there's not a lot that we would put in the what's wrong box in our lives. You know, we're very thankful and grateful. And, um, but we just wanted more clarity and we wanted to talk it through and really journey it out. And, um, you know, actually came out of that life planning process with a 10 year window of basically saying, we hope God lets us keep doing what we're doing for 10 more years. <laughs> you know, it just, awesome. um, it's kind of like, well, that, well, you know, what, what, what was the point of that whole procedure? Right. But I think it was just like talking it through and journeying it through and then getting clarity on, um, on some things about ourselves. Like my wife and I, a few things that we learned about, you know, we've been married 23 years now. And what we learned in that journey, looking back, um, was just that uh, when we're both right up to our noses in ministry and almost overwhelmed, you know, not quite drowning, but gargling a little bit, <laughs> slapping around in the pool, that's when we're happiest. 
And uh, when we look back over two plus decades of ministry, that's when we both have the most joy when we're both just going full bore. So that was cool to just step back and go, all right, remember that, you know? Oh, so good. Um, are there any other, uh, any other books or people, podcasts, anything else that you would kind of throw in there currently learning from or just, yeah, so, you know, yeah, no, the, the, the person that I hands down learned the most about practical church leadership stuff is, um, Craig Rochelle. And uh, he's not only a mentor and a friend, but I listen to his podcast consistently. And, uh, I feel like he gets more in 15 and 20 minute snippets for just straight up church leadership than just about anybody I know, you know, it's so condensed and tight. And so, you know, I lean into that a lot. And then uh, I feel like um, I've got a couple. So for me, it used to be all about, I have an intellectual like pathway to God and, um, you know, I, so I read devotionally, but I feel like in this last season, it hasn't been so much about like books I'm reading. Although, um, you know, I've read a lot of what I'm reading right now is like history. I just finished my second book on Napoleon and uh, his leadership style and kind of how he navigated things. I find that fascinating. I'm reading a book on the French revolution. Just interesting. Um, but it's been really business leaders. I feel like that are, that are mentoring me. I've, I've got a couple business leaders in our church that are just tremendous people of faith. And, um, you know, I can encourage them on the biblical knowledge side and give them coaching and hopefully some wisdom and insight and prayer. But I feel like what they give me from a leadership side is really, is pretty rich. And the fact that these, these guys are both successful enough to retire, whatever, and they just wake up swinging at the air every day. You know, it's a new challenge. Let's go, let's take ground. It's inspiring for me because, because I, I, you know, I kind of, get in my car, drive away and go, all right, you can't cruise. There's no, there's no cruising in, uh, in neutral here. We gotta, we gotta keep going. So good. All right. Let's move to, uh, to our second question. What's the main point of emphasis with your team right now? Uh, I would say it's, um, it's clarity, simplicity, um, and execution. So we went through a whole strategic planning Let's, process. Um, can we can we just close in prayer? I really I really like that. <laughs> there we You're go. Speaking yes, my yeah, love yeah. language right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like so um, last year around this time, a little before this time, a year ago, I, I, I just had that sense. You know, a leader's job is to bring clarity. Uh, a clarity even over inspiration, clarity over great stories, you know, like in the end, if people don't know where you're going, they can't follow you. Right. So, you know, it's my job at central is to bring clarity to the, to the mission and the vision. And so our kind of big picture vision was somewhat clear, but how we were going to go about doing that, had gotten fuzzy and I had just really neglected it. So we went through, uh, just the process of revisiting our strategy, you know, how, what does our strategy look like as a church? And we, we re-clarified that last year. This last year, we, uh, we brought more continued clarity, clarity to it, and we reorganized our staff around it and sort of took about a year. We drilled all the way down through our organization with a reorg. And now I think next fall, this, this coming season, next ministry season, 
it's all right. Now let's start executing this clarity that we've been bringing over the last year. You know, a strategy change is, is a challenge and the bigger the ministry is, the longer it takes to, to get it all the way down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some practical ways that, that, um, have been really helpful for you in that process? Well, the, just having an outside person come in and guide us through a couple of retreats, strategic planning retreats, where I got our core leaders away for a couple of days. And we just spent a few days uh, thinking through who we were and who God was calling us to be and what, what our strengths were and how we could play to those strengths. And having somebody out from the outside just facilitate that was great. You know, a good facilitator is worth their weight in gold. Uh, a good facilitator isn't coming and telling you what to do. They're, they're drawing it out of everybody and they're, they're helping build consensus and they're pushing back sometimes. But for the most part, you know, they're drawing out of you what God has put in you. And I always say to leaders, like, you may not feel like, you know, the vision, you may not feel like, you know, um, you know, exactly where the ministry is supposed to go. And you don't have to, all you have to do is get the right people in the room, get, bring in a great strategic planning coach and together you guys can come up with that direction. It's not like we all have to go away like Moses and come back with the tablets, you know, to be a real leader. Um, simple planning process can, can take you a million miles, you know? Well, and that's just so important to do. Um, it, it's just taking that time away from the whirlwind of activity that happens, you know, from Sunday to Sunday and Sunday. Yes. Sunday is always coming in our churches. However, or in our businesses. Uh, it's just, you know, there's the day-to-day -day stuff that just gets in the way. Uh, and we tend to drift toward complexity. We tend to drift away from mission and purpose and and even our values. And so, man, I, I just think that's so insightful um, to have that perspective of saying, okay, stepping away, even if you don't know, we do. Like, Together we do. Um, can you speak any more to the importance of team and um, passion fit or value fit of a team? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I definitely, um, I, my personal leadership style is more team oriented in general. You know, I, I'm not like the dictator at the head of the table. Most of my core leadership team have been with me for a long time. But a lot of that's because they have real, a real voice at the table with me and they have real influence. Um, and, you know, we do it together. I really feel like God's called us all together. So when it comes to vision and strategy and mission, um, you know, putting that time in in a process is helpful because everybody gets a voice. Everybody gets to shape it, which not only builds buy-in, um, it actually builds a better vision. <laughs> I think a better mission with a broader ownership base. And, um, you know, that I think you know, can be, can be really powerful. You know, for us, we just, um, we went through this whole process. The other thing about some of these planning processes is at the end of it, um, you know, the best processes come up with something incredibly simple that you probably think somebody could just scribble down on a napkin, and run it on a treadmill. You know, right. it just took you right 200 hours to get there. So you've gone through all the comp, all the complexity to get back to simple. And uh, like our strategy, <laughs> I'll share our strategy with you. It's the most basic. I mean, there, there's just nothing um, 
that's uh, like super fresh or new or anything about our strategy. It's like, did you just scribble that on a napkin? You know, like what, but, but the process of getting there is what was so valuable, you know, like just working through all the things. So our strategy, in other words, when I say strategy, what we hope every person who's a part of our church community will do in their life. And if every one of them will do these four things in their life, we will be able to accomplish the vision that we believe God has given us. That's all I mean when I talk about like our strategy and ours is super simple. Attend the weekend. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of people skip that step, but, uh, we, I just feel like in a post-Christian world, certainly for us in Las Vegas, um, that's a big hill to climb. Most people, you know, even if they're like super committed, they're coming a few times a year in their mind. Right. So you have to change their mindset and really challenge people to be a part of a community um, attend the weekend. Uh, second is just invite a friend. And uh, really there's that culture of building relationships, bringing friends along. Uh, the third area we just call take a next step because, you know, people are at all different places in their life. Um, so they're, you know, it could be a next step into recovery. Uh, we have a you know, huge recovery ministry, lots of addiction issues. Uh, it could be a next step into a group, it could be a next step into serving. Um, and then the fourth area is give generously. And sort of our strategic approach is just, hey, if everybody at Central will attend regularly, if they will invite friends, if they will take a, keep taking next steps in their spiritual journey, because that's how you keep growing. And if they will give generously, I mean, what's going to keep us from then just cycling that through and accomplishing the mission that we feel like God's put before us? So. Let's just hear a quick word from our sponsor for today, and we'll get back into the interview. Do you ever feel like you don't know where to start with volunteer training? Or if you do, is it hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time? Well, Ministry Grid makes it simple to train every volunteer and leader in your church. With a library of over 3,500 videos and 800 courses, you'll find training for every ministry area and leadership level. From volunteers to leaders to ministry directors, Ministry Grid's scope and sequence of training makes it easy to know who needs what training. And here's the best news of all. For the month of August, you can get unlimited access to Ministry Grid for your entire your church for just $399 a year and you're locked into that price every year afterwards. So to take advantage of this incredible deal, just go to ministrygrid.com slash podcast to get unlimited training for $399. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the interview. Let's move on and uh, talk about other than spiritual disciplines the daily spiritual disciplines, what is one or two things that you have to do every day to stay sharp as a leader? Uh, so probably my first answer is it will sound like, um, like it's not <laughs> directly related to your question, but, but it actually for me is uh, music. I have to, I have to play, I play guitar every day, uh, whether it's classical or jazz. Um, I love music. I've played guitar for, years and years and years, all the way back to high school. Um, and I set it down for a long time, but I picked it back up um, around 2008. And I just was, uh, we were kind of in the middle of the great recession and I could not turn ministry off. I couldn't turn like the pressure of leadership off in my mind. And I watched this documentary called It Might Get Loud. That's like a documentary about the guitar. And I picked the guitar back up for the first time. I played it. You know, I didn't even hardly remember anything, but I played it for a little while. And I, I, I just remember this amazing experience of setting it down after a half hour and realizing, wait a minute, that's the first time 
that I can remember that for 30 minutes, I did not think about ministry or leadership or church. And um, so what I found in music is a way to escape all the, all the uh, sort of fishbowl syndrome where you're like a fish in water, you can never get out of it. And it lets me like right. step out of it a little bit so that I can kind of look back in it. Um, so I think that's probably outside of the spiritual disciplines, the most, the single most important thing for me, I just found that thing that helps me shut it off so that then, you know, when I'm done, it comes right back on and I can engage with it again. Any, is there anything else you would add to that? Uh, probably just exercise, you know, I mean, cause again, I think for me, it's, um, it's, it's reading, which is almost like a spiritual discipline. Uh, it's, um, it's, I, I love to pray through, you know, the scriptures, like I've just been on a cycle now where I just take a Psalm every day and uh, that's how I start my day. And I just sort of pray through that Psalm as short or long as it, as it takes. And, and, um, you know, so those, those spiritual disciplines have been huge for me in my life as far as, uh, critical to leadership. But I think outside of that stuff, yeah, it'd be music and exercise have been, are, are things that I, that I have to make myself do every day, especially the exercise. But I think it helps me be a little better leader. What does, what does leadership in your home look like? Well, I struggle there, to be honest with you. I, I think uh, a lot of us in church leadership struggle with, my wife and I have joked over the years of how, you know, you're a pastor, I'm a pastor at work, I'm a you know, pastor among, everywhere I go, you know, you're, you're a pastor, but when I come home, I don't want to be a pastor anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. hey, I'm done. Um, and not done like I'm going to be a dual personality, another kind of person. No, I still love God and committed to Christ and but I just don't want to be in that function. You know, I don't want to make decisions. I don't want to take initiative. I just want to veg out for a minute. And so I've had to work really hard to try and over, overcome some of that dynamic and just realize I'm still responsible. You know, my first ministry is my family and my first small group is my, my home, my, you know, it's my family and my kids. And I've really got to walk with them and journey with them. So, um, I think for me, uh, a lot of it is uh, quantity of time. I made some big shifts when uh, my daughter was probably around uh, 10 or 11 years old. I stopped traveling uh, as much. I really narrowed my life down. I think for 18 months, I, I didn't travel once. Um, I, uh, you know, I just was around. I changed my life to be around my family and more than things I quote unquote did. I think I've been present for their, you know, my daughter's just graduated high school. She wants to be in ministry. She's going off to college. I'm like, I have been present just around, um, you know, her whole sort of growing up years. That's a gift, you know, I feel like. So I feel like you can do a lot of things wrong if you do that, if you get that right, you know? Oh, for sure. So was there, was there a, an event was there an event that happened that um, caused you to have that redirect or was it, you know, why is yeah, it, or it was just prompting of the spirit or, or why did you make that shift? So, yeah, for me, it was, um, there's a lot of layers and it's a battle. It's this thing I'd always struggled with, you know, a lot of us do right boundaries and uh, all of that, but I have my own sort of brush with burnout. 
And, um, you know, it was, it was significant. I think we throw burnout around a lot. Uh, it's actually just Tom Patterson. I uh, was reading some of his writing about burnout and he's like, you know, if you actually burn out, it's almost, it's just very unlikely that you will go back together the same way in the same field you burned out in and his experience over the years. If you truly burn out, you're done, you know, <laughs> you know, and you can do other things, but you have a hard time going back to this. That resonates with me very truthfully. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people in their, in their twenties throw around, you know, I'm burned out, I'm burned out, I'm burned out. It's just, you're probably not burned out yet, <laughs> you know, but, but grind it for another 15 years. And, and then you might know what real burnout is, you know, real burnout for me. And I don't think I really burned out, but I feel like I, I kind of brushed that wall, but it was significant enough. I got counseling. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of, of a great ministry for pastors and leaders. And there's a lot of them. I know there's a lot of them, but, uh, blessings ranch has changed my life. Uh, Dr. John Walker, um, you know, just, uh, that, that whole community, which is all dedicated to pastors and leaders. So, you know, I've done my time at, uh, at blessings ranch <laughs> more than once and, uh, it's been super helpful and beneficial, um, in that kind of whole process. But I, I said, another thing that I try to do is, um, I sat down with, uh, our board, you know, the board that, that I'm accountable to. And I shared with them really honestly, so the trigger for me was a baptism weekend and there were all these people lined up to get baptized. And, you know, I was, I've always, I've got a spiritual gift of evangelism. That's one of the things that I love to do. It excites me. And I just, you know, I just didn't care. I mean, I, I was like, intellectually, I was excited for them, but I remember just, I got in my car and drove away and just didn't, I was just numb. And I knew I did, like, there's a problem here. This isn't good. Um, and there were other things that have been happening. So all of that kind of just led to this, realization that, you know, I think I'm, I don't think I'm burned out yet, but I think I, I think I'm getting close. And, um, yeah, so I, I, so my board just held me accountable for 18 months. I didn't travel. I canceled all my speaking. I was writing books. I stopped writing books. I stopped doing, we basically just sat down and said, what are you called to do? I said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a local pastor. That's who I am. If you cut me, I bleed ministry people. I love the church. That's who I am. So, you know, they were just like, well, you need to just feel free to only do that. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, so I made those kind of shifts and adjustments, but the surprising thing for me about kind of getting close to burnout was it took me about 18 months after all of that with counseling, 18 months before I woke up, I remember waking up on a Saturday morning and I can still remember it was the first time I had felt joy in years about preaching that Saturday night. You know, so it takes, if you, if you get close to burnout, it takes, and, I, and I'm still not, I'm not hundred percent. I'm not back exactly the way I was, uh, but I'm, I'm still in the game. Does that make sense? I'm still passionate, excited, but it definitely changed me. No, it, it makes total sense. I mean, a lot of it is, a lot of it is about posture and, um, and, it, you know, every sphere of life, it's, you know, coming in with a specific posture as you're, um, as you're approaching it. So I love, I mean, you know, I, I love that answer as far as where you see yourself going in, obviously you guys are coming up to a, a new chapter. 
how do you think that will shift or how is it starting to shift now? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think, uh, both my wife and I feel like we're kind of in the seats we were gifted to do. And part of the challenge is to keep, is to, is to pray for the wisdom to, you know, take on things you're genuinely called to and gifted to and say no to other great things that just aren't your calling and gifting. You know, for me, I'm, I, I, I just, I've met, uh, and, and Todd, you have too, we've all met 500,000 pastors out there who, want to have a national platform and they want to travel and speak and they, they you know, they think, and I did that for long enough to know it's not all it's cracked up to be. So I, I just had to get really content with like, I'm called to be a pastor. And that's for me, that's the greatest calling and joy in my life. And the size of the ministry isn't the priority The you know, how many, whatever campuses you have or all that. It's, it's the joy of getting to do ministry and serve people and, I'm just trying to live in that space of, can you believe I get to do this? So I, I really just feel like, God, if you'll give me 10, 15 more years, I, I would stay right here and do it. It's, it's all in the Lord's hands and I don't ever want to prescribe or, you know, um, I, I, but I just definitely feel like it's a gift. And Lori and I both are in a place where we're looking out at the next season going, yeah, we came out of that life planning process. Like, let's, let's just do more of the same. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. You know, let's, uh, we, we both love it. So if you could go back and talk to your 20 year old self about preparing to lead, um, what, mm -hmm. what advice would you give? Yeah, I, I think I would say to my 20 year old self, um, you know, right now you think, um, it's all about building your platform and building your brand. And you think it's about standing and speaking in front of people and having influence and having impact. And it, you're going to learn it's, it's not about any of that. It's about, this is God's, this is God's field. This is about God's fame. And you're going to be privileged just to serve him. And the way you get on the platform is you make yourself the least of these and the way, you the way you become a leader is you serve the people around you, just like Jesus did. And, um, you know, that's what I would say to my 20-year-old self, who I think was sitting back thinking, yeah, someday I'm going to speak at conferences. Someday, you know, like, and I talked to so many young people. This is their, yeah, I took a whole group of guys, a whole, a whole group of interns out on our stage at Central and just talked to them about, you know, hey, here, you know, here's the stage and you're looking out at a big room. I'm like, man, this would be great. You know, you can stand up here. People are listening to you. They're dialing in to, to uh, you know, what you're saying. You know, I kind of went through this whole thing and they're all nodding their heads. And I said, yeah, I said, you, you, you don't get to stand up here until the platform is no longer about you. And you realize it's all about those people and you love them and you're willing to sacrifice for them and serve them. Then you earn the right to lead. And, um, it was fun to watch them kind of jaws drop a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think we all need that. We all need someone to come up and, and do that for us. But at the same time, you know, some of that we have to experience for ourselves. Was there, That's right. was there some formative times or experiences, uh, that you would be so bold as to share with, uh, with those listening? Um, just in general, as it relates to ministry and yeah. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I feel like um, I was really fortunate to serve with two senior pastors um, at the end of their ministry run. And I, I think that was kind of a gift because, you know, when you're in your 40s or even 50s or 30s, you see life differently than when in your, you're in your 60s or 70s. And, um, you know, so I, I got to be really close to two different senior pastors over the years. And both of them told me a lot of these same messages. You know, you're going to think it's about this, but it's really about this. It's really about serving people. It's really about just the joy of the Lord. None of this is going to matter. Nobody's going to remember you long-term. Nobody's going to remember, you know, your sermons long-term, but that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't making a huge impact in the sense that God is using it. And it's all about God. And that stuff just resonated with me in a big way. And then when I, I was amazed when I stepped into senior ministry leadership, how quickly the church moved past the previous senior pastor. And it just was a reminder to was amazing. It just was a reminder to me that they're going to do the same with me. So this is just all, so don't kind of get this false idea of who you are and your platform and your thing, just steward this gift that God has uh, allowed you to steward and realize your time is limited. So I don't know, that's formative for me. I, to this day, every time I drive off our church property, I open my hand I, uh, you know, I surrender the ministry and the problems and the challenges and the counseling and all of that to God and just say, God, you know, I put this in your hand. It's, I'm not going to carry it and give it to you to carry. But there's also a surrender there. Um, you know, I've said a, a thousand times I've prayed the prayer. Hey, God, I'm, I'm here as long as you'll allow me to be here. And whenever you're done with me, just let me know. <laughs> you know, you got to make it clear to me. I'm not going to I'm not probably going to get there on my own, but let me know and I'll you know, hopefully I'll have the courage to step out of the way and, and move on, but it's all temporary. Like none of this is forever, you know? Man, I, I really appreciate this conversation and want to thank you so much for in, investing in us and, and our listeners. How, how can we pray for the city of Las Vegas and central church? Mm. Yeah, I just, uh, I feel like, um, Pray that, uh, you know, I, I, for, for Central, I would just say pray for wisdom for us. I feel like if we have wisdom and if we grow in our wisdom, we'll continue to be able to adjust to, you know, the shifts in the dynamic in culture. And I think, I think for, uh, for the city, you know, I just pray like we probably would for all cities that, you know, people would kind of get shaken out of there. It's just so many things to distract all of us everywhere. Um, and to just, for people to sort of step back and realize that life is just about more than all these little distractions and entertainment and, uh, you know, restaurant options. <laughs> There's more. And uh, for them to reach out to Christ <laughs> and to move in their life. So. Good deal. Well, thanks again for uh, sharing with us. We'll also, uh, I'll at least fire one up for Roxy as well. Yeah, all right, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for Sorry. Todd. With a name like with a name like Roxy, people probably in Vegas, they're probably if you don't remember, that's the name of the bulldog. Just wanted to just wanted to be clear as we wrap. Roxy up. the bulldog walking <laughs> around in diapers. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you so much. If you are still with us, 
God bless you. Thanks for listening. And uh, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>